Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad, and I'm sad, as my partner in crime and cast, Mr. Evan, is not feeling well this evening, knocking on death's door, and so he is unable to join us. We will all miss him. However, I, I can't say that I feel very alone, as I know that I have the thousands of you listening, and I really appreciate you joining me for this Monday morning minute which is sure to be a good time, though no doubt we shall shed many a tear for our missing Evan. You're listening to the Monday Morning Minute, this week in fictional news. Finally, after years of delays, the new Dungeons & Dragons movie is almost upon us, with its official release date just around the corner on March 31st. Announcements on Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves have been a long time coming and much anticipated by the fans of the classic tabletop game. Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves follows a team of thieves, unsurprising given the title, who helped the wrong person steal the wrong thing, so says the trailer, and now have to fix their mistakes and save the world. They might be thieves, but that doesn't mean they're going to let the ultimate evil take over their world. Now, filmmakers and writers have been caught boasting a bunch of times about how many Easter eggs they hid within it for all the true fans of the tabletop game, which is really no surprise, as if you have never played any version of the game, uh, allow me to assure you the hole goes as deep as you want it to, and then even some more. It is the best way for full-grown adults to play make-believe and not be made fun of. Well, scratch that. You'll still probably be made fun of, but hopefully at this point in your maturity, you no longer care because you shouldn't, and it is absolutely worth the uh, mockery that you may receive from those who do not understand because it is a good time. I'm sure many of our listeners have played before. I have both played and DM'd. I'm not a big fan of being the dungeon master as I tend to be a little too benevolent. I think it's really fun to give out a bunch of good things and just have my team just slaughter everything, but that's really not fun. You want to kind of design your stories with always having the chance that they may die. You never want to kill them per se, but you do want them to get close so they feel the pain, so to speak. But this movie looks really awesome. If you haven't seen the trailer, I'll go ahead and put a link to it in the description beneath this episode. I suggest you do it as it is going to be a good time. It's going to be coming out in like a week and a half and it's going to be a hoot. Like it's probably not going to be a very good movie, but I bet it's going to be super awesome nonetheless. You know, kind of like, let's see, how do I say that? That sounds kind of contradictory. Like Avatar. Avatar was not a very good movie, but it was a really good movie. It's probably like Avatar 2, though I haven't seen Avatar 2, but probably similar. I have seen Ferngully more than once, though, so um, I feel like I got a good grip on the overall plot and direction and message within Avatar 2 without ever having seen it. Regardless, Dungeons & Dragons is going to be a good time, and if you've never played the game and you ever get invited to play the game, I absolutely recommend it. It is really fun, especially for fans of fantasy. It's like acting out a fantasy novel. It's so much fun. And though, you know, it does have its ups and downs, no doubt. We used to have a friend who was always looting everything like as sneakily as possible, really like doubled down on the character. The problem was, is he was kind of that way in real life too. Like he wouldn't steal your things, but he was just kind of a shyster, always working an angle. And so it wasn't cool for him to be doing that in the game also, because it was like, just he's up to his old tricks, like the same as always, you know, he would always like pick up the weapon that was perfect for your class. And then like you would catch him trying to sell it to like an 
an NPC vendor later. Finally, the party and I got sick of this, and at the end of a boss fight, we managed to get him and the monster into a side chamber, and then we locked them both up with some like vines or something, and then we sealed the room, and then we just let him die. And then we went in, we finished off the monster and left his corpse. He got so upset <laughs> that he left that evening. And, uh, and then afterward, we proceeded to work like a perfectly cohesive team from then on out. It was actually pretty awesome. Uh, Retribution was ours. He was pretty salty about it for a long time, though, I will say. Uh, the next time we played, the DM was like, so did you guys like grab his corpse? And we're like, nope. So he literally had to re-roll another character because um, even though we were now in a town that had a priest that could resurrect him... We didn't have his body, so whoopsies. It was pretty awesome. And when he re-rolled, we forced him into a lawful good alignment, so he was like couldn't steal from us. And then we also forced him into like a, a fighter class, like a barbarian with zero sneaking ability. Um, or else we were like, man, if you do anything with any sneaking skills, we're just going to keep killing you because we can't trust you, and this is no fun for us. Uh, we lost a teammate in an earlier session because the jerk stole all of that character's healing potions the night before while the party was sleeping. Um, though we did take their corpse to the healer and managed to bring them back. But uh, yeah, hell hath no fury like a D&D &D team getting screwed out of loot by their own teammates, so uh, be warned. But the movie looks really awesome. I'm really stoked for it. While I was uh, watching the movie trailer, I happened to watch another, a uh, few other movie trailers, and I watched the <laughs> upcoming Fast and Furious, which I think... If I have this right, they have enough footage of Vin Diesel driving cars fast and looking ripped and saying family uh, to just make a whole movie from like piecing together clips from the old movies. So it's like the movie that can't be stopped. It's become something more than the sum of its individual parts and can now self-replicate, turning the old into the new <laughs> family. <laughs> the main actor's last name is literally the fuel for cars. How did that, how did that happen? Um, and while I'm diatribing about upcoming movies, we're going to movie out a little bit this uh, episode, guys. I, I apologize, but we're going to. Uh, Tetris is getting its own live action film. So that is sure to be a blockbuster classic. Uh -huh. Seriously, though, from the trailer, it does really seem like they managed to fit its pieces together. <clears throat> I mean, it was really stacked. <laughs> You might think that only a square could make the movie of Tetris, and you would be right, except it was a bunch of squares. Um, I can't really tell you whether or not I'm looking forward to it or not because I was not paying attention and was just busy making up Tetris puns. But somehow Soviet Russia was involved, because, you know, why not? And I'm not sure what angle they will take, but probably a lot of right ones. These are starting to get super awful. All right, so what have I been up to this week? Well, it's been a big reading week uh, for us. As you know, we've been um, hopefully not complaining too much, but we've been mentioning that we have been reading just some ginormous door stoppers lately as we proceed through the BRK schedule. We've got Sabola Burn from The Expanse. That's book four. Uh, I just finished it a couple hours ago. We're going to get into it, of course, in a deep dive later on this week, but I have to say this one was the most on rampy, you know, like the other ones were, they were very well paced and they just kind of had this like steady burn to them and they were very intriguing. And this one, the book almost felt like it was figuring itself out and where it wanted to go for the first half. And then it did get way better, but this was by far my least favorite of the ones that we've read so far, which is interesting because I've heard a lot of people out there say that it was their favorite, but I don't know. Um, I am still reading Almost Immortal by my friend RJ Gilmore. Uh, he reached out to me. He's a self-published author on Instagram. Well, I don't know if he's a pub 
author on Instagram, but he reached out to me on Instagram and he is a self-published author and uh, he sent me a copy of his book and I made him sign it, which was great because like if you're an author and you're sending people copies of your books and you don't sign it, like that's just rude. And if you're thinking like nobody wants my signature, like yes, they do. They do want it. I'm like honored whenever the author signs and I'm kind of pissed when they don't. I'm like you had it in your hands. You didn't sign it. What? So yeah, if you're an author and you're sending books, sign it as RJ Gilmore did. And it made me feel all nice and warm inside. It's a really fun book, though, about vampires who comes free from his killcation deep in the forests of Africa and uh, finds a world that's been taken over by, like, this sentient AI. And it's a cool mix of, like, fantasy and sci-fi and just fun, stylized violence, I would say. And I'm really enjoying it. I I had to do it. I finished another He Who Fights With Monsters. Um, I mean, even the name speaks to its awesomeness because, like, okay... Unless you have Evan's steel trap of a memory, I always find it so hard to remember all the names of even some of my favorite series once they get up past like six or seven books. If you asked me to tell you all of the names of the Malazan books, I couldn't do it right now. They're just the Malazan books to me. Book of the Fallen. Um, you know, Evan can do that, but I cannot. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that there are many out there that cannot just like regurgitate these complicated titles, seemingly sometimes having nothing to do with the actual book itself. But... He Who Fights With Monsters, throwing everyone a bone right out the gate, is literally just called He Who Fights With Monsters Book 1, Book 2, Book 3. So uh, they're committing to the series name preemptively as we're all going to end up calling it by that one anyway, either by the name of the series as a whole or by the name of the first book and then we'll just put books after it, such as the Akatar books, the Wheel of Time books. We're all going to do that. Uh, so let's just get ahead of it and not have us remember all of these long names, which I loved. So thank you, He Who Fights With Monsters. This would be a really good book to get into the genre, I feel like. If you're interested in getting into the fantasy genre, odds are probably pretty good that you've played some fantasy video games. And this is like a fantasy video game in book form. And it is just nom nom tasty, but with a surprising amount of depth. Like it's very slapstick and um, jokey, you know, and not taking itself too serious. But then all of a sudden you grow really attached to the characters. And I think it's kind of also a testament to the author growing attached to his story and taking what was kind of a, a joke adventure tale and then making it serious and have real themes of growth and development and like pain and loss, um, that get talked about and struggled with over the course of it. So it's, it's really become an amazing book series, not just a fun little romp like it started off as. And I, cannot speak highly of it enough. So if you're looking for a good book to read, especially if you're new to the genre, I would definitely recommend He Who Fights With Monsters. It is long, but it is fun. Uh, I can attest to the audiobook being very well produced as well. I'm almost finished with The Sword of Kaigen. That is the book that we're reviewing in our book club for uh, Patreon. So if you are not part of that, make sure you hop in there and join the club. Sword of Kaigen is fun. I think we said it last week when I'm going to say it again because I'm unoriginal. Um, it's like a anime in book form and it's just flashy and glad though there's not any chapter long sequences of someone just like yelling like, Whoa, like charging up. Uh, and, and so far no mountains have been destroyed with one move. So, you know, it's a little bit not like anime in that sense, but a lot like anime in other sense. I want to recommend a story to you online if you're just trying to kill some time at work today. Maybe you got a little inspired by my gushing about Dungeons and Dragons. Well, if you want to hear about someone who ruined a Dungeons and Dragons game, I would recommend that you go online on, on the Googles and type in Old Man Henderson D&D. 
This is a story of a person who did not like their DM, thought he was kind of a snippy um, know-it-all, and so he went far out of his way during this Fall of Cthulhu campaign to write a 300-page backstory for this character. Basically, he wanted to make something so long that he could say anything that he wanted about this character and his past, leading to him having the set of very unique and ridiculous skills that he, and game-ruining skills that he now possesses. Um, He wanted to make that so long that no one would actually read it, so he could just kind of, like, justify whatever he wanted. Oh my gosh, he, like, he kills multiple characters of his friends, you know, because he's all out for himself. He just, I can't even put it into proper words. And if I give you any highlights, I'm going to ruin it. So if you just want to laugh your face off and enjoy a nice uh, story of someone ruining a D&D campaign, type in Old Man Henderson and just sit back and relax because it is hilarious and so much fun. <laughs> it ends, I believe this isn't like ruining anything, but like I believe that his uh, his ending moment was the DM flipping the table and being like, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh my gosh it's so good everyone else is like fighting cthulhu and these cultists and old man henderson he thinks this cult stole his collection of garden gnomes <laughs> and he's trying to get them back it is a good time i absolutely recommend it that you uh, go check it out so I've been having some fun watching some things this week as well. I watched a uh, Netflix original anime called Dragon's Dogma. It's just one season. It's like a man has a town and everyone he loves is just like killed by a dragon uh, who haven't been seen in like hundreds of years. And then he sets off for revenge and does acts of good deeds. Kind of Witcher style, slaying monsters that like ravage the villagers and generally going uh, from town to town doing good deeds and slaying monsters and kind of trying to find himself and reinvent himself now that all of his loved ones have been slaughtered brutally, I might add, uh, in the first. It is not for the faint of heart. This is not a kid's show because it is animated. It is very much uh, grisly, man. It's like, whoa, there's a few times just like, oh, oh my goodness. I don't think that it's set up for like a second one. I think it's going to be just like a one and done series. I think there's like eight episodes and it's really interesting and, and gets surprisingly deep kind of asking some questions about like revenge. I won't get into the kind of humanity or philosophical questions that they're asking because it's a pretty big part of the show, but it definitely reminded me of the, I believe this is a Nietzsche, Nietzsche, uh, Frederick Nietzsche quote. Is it Nietzsche or Nietzsche? I don't, I don't have a, an Evan wall to bounce my ball off of. So I'm just going to Frederick Nietzsche. Let's go with that. Um, his quote that says, battle not with monsters, lest ye become a monster. And if you gaze into the abyss, the abyss gazes also into you. Uh, which is, I think, a statement of like, you know, be careful that you don't become that which you are trying to eliminate in the process of eliminating it. Also, make sure that you are thinking independently and being yourself, but not so much that the loneliness and the distance break you. You know, humans are social creatures and we should be questioning everything, but not breaking the world around us as sometimes you can lose reality and your, your grasp upon it. And so I I really like that Nietzsche quote. There's a whole lot more that we could talk about there. Definitely dragon's dogma. I felt was kind of wrapped around that concept or all the, the hidden layers of concepts within that quote is it's just a good one. And it's a good show too. If you're looking for a nice little short one season, eight episode, um, grisly jaunt that is like not so happy. Um, (laughs) definitely check it out i really sold that hard didn't i <laughs> i don't know i really i did really like it for sure 
I don't know if you guys have ever played the Monster Hunter video game way back in the day. Um, well, it wasn't way back in the day. I just probably three or four years ago. Um, but it was super fun. And there is a like Netflix one hour long. I don't know what to call that. Is it like a show or a movie? Because it's like, I don't think they're going to be doing multiples of them. And it was like a movie, but it's only an hour long, which seems like not a movie to me because that it's not long enough to be a movie, you know, but I don't know what to call it. Let's call it like a, a movella. <laughs> um, just a very short movie. And it's basically like a, um, highlight reel, uh, to get people hyped on monster hunter, but it was really cool and really fun. It's animated. It's called monster hunter legends of the guild. It's just fun and about a kid kind of finding himself and becoming who he wants to be, but learning some lessons along the way as so many books have shown us in that the adventure and the growth that you are seeking, the person that you need to become, is often not attained by traveling in the direction that you think that you need to go. And this is kind of one of those stories of like, yes, you need to become that, but perhaps not in the way that you think that you do. And it was just wholesome. Wholesome is a good word for it. And the dra- well, <laughs> the dragon fight at the end is incredibly cool. And you think it's going to be a little, like, tame? Because it's very animated and it's very kind of fun and slapsticky, and you're like, I could watch this with my kids. And then some characters die like brutally. You're like, oh my gosh, they were screaming and they're just chomped to death by this huge dragon. So I guess another animated one that like maybe watch and, and vet that first before you release it to the chillins because <laughs> there's definitely a few times I was like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> But it's got a lot of good fight scenes, a lot of cool monsters. And if you've played the Monster Hunter video game, I think you'll probably enjoy it. We're going to wrap this up with a fun fact here. So and, and this is really just kind of a applaud to you all because there is um, books. Um, there was like We Were Liars, a young adult book by E. Lockhart published in 2014. Book Talk made come back to the bestsellers list when book talk became a thing. And this has happened to multiple books where they, and this never happens in the book industry. It's kind of like, you know, once it's had its little time, it'll still sell, of course, but it's never going to make the bestsellers list again. And the grassroots power of hashtags on TikTok and people just being awesome in the little book talk community that everyone has created, uh, it, it has allowed books that have come out years ago come back on the bestseller list. It is like actually, I was reading um, like market trends and it, you can actually track the market trends in their relation to book talks growth, which is crazy. And the first time that such a ginormous market impact can be directly traced to specific hashtags and sub communities of posters and like grassroots um, social media communities, which is just awesome. It's also had a huge influence on self-published authors. A lot more people are reading because of it. Because I think anytime that you attach a community to something and you kind of build up a group of people that you can not only latch on to the reading and the process of reading itself and the story, but that you can also latch on to the community of people around that activity. And BookTok has done that to a level that I've never seen before, and it just is really impressing me. So this isn't so much as a Monday fun fact, it's just a Monday um, back pat, if you will, as to say, go 
everyone. Book Talk is awesome. It is an excellent community of individuals. I have gotten so many good recommendations from it and made so many great friends. It has added a lot of value to my life. I think I can speak for literally hundreds of thousands of other people who can say the exact same thing and had the exact same experience. So good on you, everyone. Let's keep it up. Let's keep supporting each other and our passions about stories as humans are all about stories. You know, we, we latch onto that so much more than we do just raw data. And, uh, you know, we, we are creatures of logic or at least we think so, but really not. We live by the stories that we tell ourselves. And I think it's so important to actively engage your brain into the stories that other people tell as an author is someone who's just fearless enough to hand the world a key to the door of their imagination. Right. And I think it is very valuable and can add a lot of new ideas and value to our lives should we open ourselves up to what is uh, going on in the depths, nooks, and crannies of other people's imaginations. And so good on everyone here. I'm so proud uh, to be a part of this awesome community. So we're going to wrap it up with that little message. I love everyone out there. You bookbenders are the best. Make sure you check out our Patreon. And also, if you wouldn't mind going on whatever platform you listen to Book Reviews Kill on, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, what have you, please leave us a review on there and give us a five-star rating. It really helps us out algorithmically. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. There is a link in the description beneath this episode to uh, check that out there. It's where we're kind of trying to build up the entire library as some of these platforms only allow so many episodes to be published on their platform. And so if you look back on Apple Podcasts, we're missing some of our first couple months uh, of podcast episodes, which is not Okay, and so we're trying to build up our entire library there, not to mention there is some cool opportunities that come with YouTube, and so uh, we would really appreciate it if you would hop on that link and give us a subscribe, hit that little notification bell, and, you know, everything that every YouTuber says at the end of every one of their videos, do that. All right, guys, I hope you're having an excellent day. Make sure that we keep our minds open and our pages a-turnin'. And for Evan's sake, I will wish you all a happy reading, and for mine, of course... Bye, everybody.